55. 15.4 is 55 deadlifts, 55 wall ball, 55 calories, 55 handstand push-ups. As many reps, and if you're really, really, really good, one round in as many reps as possible in 13 minutes. Great. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I don't really know. Those deadlifts are 245? 225? Interesting. Yes, 22.4, week four. It's the open. Project back. You ready? All right, guys, how's it going? Week four, the open. We are at podcast 22.4. Week four already. I can't even believe it. Oh, I'm tired. Me too. Not tired of the open, just tired in general. It's like 10 o'clock at night. My God. All right. Before we get started with the breakdown of 16.4, Drew, would you like to lead us through a... Ted, that's way better, by the way. Thank you. Great fix on the fly there. Well, it came back. What we got for them this Ladies week, Ladies and gentlemen, you will be able to pre-order your purple tea slash tank Monday 21st. Well, we lost you for a second. I think I disappeared there. Yeah. yeah. Monday, March 21st, misfitgear.com. You will be able to pre order your shirts. Uh, last year, we felt really shitty about you guys uh, that they ran out and you didn't get to wear your shirt at regionals. So yeah. this year, we're, we're starting early. We're going with a pre order. Um, so you guys are insured to get them first. And you they guys, save a couple bucks. You guys save a couple of bucks. That's true. That's true. Uh, once again, just a, a quick second about the new website, April 4th. Um, really cool stuff you'll see there. Garage gym programming for all of you that used to go to crossitmf.com that got the uh, <laughs> password smash. We're uh, we're giving you guys That's back right. some great programming. Yes. We're dialing down the equipment that you need. Just old school. Get strong. Get fit. Get out. Uh, masters. We're finally doing some masters programming. What? Uh, regionals, individual and team programming will be live on the site April fourth. Um, and there is a pretty rad, a super slow-mo HD movement library that is narrated by the Velvety Smooth Bill Ellis. So That's true. You guys, uh, Not enough people know who Bill Ellis is yet. They will. He, yeah, oh, for sure. He'll be like, it's like the Ramwad. It's like Daniel from Ramwad. You get stuck in, stuck in your head. Bill is going to be stuck in the people's head. The muscle up. The oh, muscle up. It's going to be crazy. Up. Everyone will know Bill better than us. Okay. So initial thoughts, 16.4. What do we think? It's all about the handstand push-ups. I mean, we just watched Joe do this workout. Uh, it turns out that, you know, you can go at a decent clip to the other movements, but you don't have to kill them as long as you have good handstand push-ups. So I think that uh, your pacing strategy needs to be whatever allows you to do the handstand push-ups and get through them if you have intentions of going to regionals. All right. Um, in terms of, you know, we're getting down to that point in the year where 
we're really focusing um, on those fringe athletes, the athletes in the you know 15 to 40 ish range. Um, you better be pretty comfortable from the beginning to when you get back to the deadlift bar, then ready to get to work. I think that is uh, mentally where you need to be. You need to be ready to cruise, and then you need to be ready to to go. Just not care what your body feels like, what happens to it. Just go. So after you finish your 55 ships, whatever's yes. left, you just go for it. Yes. Yeah, Joe just sent to me, a Joseph Vestry just sent, um, you know, get through the handstand push-ups and deadlift to your back breaks. So, I mean, it's a pretty, pretty good strategy it's for funny, this workout. funny because I was just texting him that was what we decided on. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I agree with both you guys fully. The only exception, and I'll add this, this is more for, like, the high-level competitors, is, yeah, you can kind of pace and break things up to get to the handstand push-ups to make the difference, but every high-level competitor is going to pace and break things up. So whoever has the best pace and crushes the handstand push-ups is going to be the one getting those really crucial extra points in week four that, you know, if you're 30 points out of um, first or, or out of qualifying or wherever you are on the leaderboard, if you need to make a jump, this can be a workout that you can probably push yourself a little harder knowing that, I don't know, maybe maybe you're really confident with the handstand push-ups and maybe that can be the separator. But just if you're in a good position, you probably can play this pretty comfortably if you know you're good at handstand push-ups and be really confident with, with your score. But there is room, I think, for those people who are trying to make it to the next level to push and get somewhere with this, I think. There's a lot of room to, you know, I think there's a lot of room to climb in this workout. I think that that second set of deadlift, if you're you know, a good deadlifter, you can get through that and have a potential to get to those wall balls. So like Seth said, you can find a good pace and push yourself give yourself enough time to get the deadlifts again. And I think, you know, we'll see some people push into the wall balls again. So for sure. Okay. So let's talk about actually pacing. What is the, what's the best way to approach this? I mean, we have some people who are going to say, I'm going unbroken as long as I can in this movement. Some people who are going to really chop this up small from the start. What do you think? I think it's really midline intensive. So if you have, you know, an athlete who can't control their midline or chose, you know, chooses to go too big in the deadlifts early on and they, you know, suffer in the, on the rower, then suffer even worse in the handstand pushups and put them in a hole. So finding a ability to break up the deadlifts to a, a clip where you can keep your midline tight so that when you get to the handstand pushups, you're still able to reach that spot, you know, up on the wall over and over again. I honestly think that, you know, obviously with, with this workout, just, I don't want to say it's slow, but it just has kind of that like moderate pace feel to it. Um, being the type of athlete that can commit to, decent chunks of movements but not huge sets with short rest um being able to tell yourself because i have i have to be able to hold this midline and the handstand push-ups to stay tall you know can i do eight deadlifts when i really want to do like 12 and get right back on the bar get right back on the bar right back on the bar just like staying within that you know you go over to the wall balls and you're kind of thinking to yourself oh, my legs here i'm going to the row i'm doing this i'm doing that i don't see anything wrong with you know 20 then some 10s sets of 50 whatever but you know if if, if you come up with the idea that you're going to break it up a ton and then you just stand around so much in your breaks. I mean, it just doesn't work. So, yeah, I think people have proven that, um, if you're experienced and if you do commit to getting back to work, you can break up any workout into very small sets and be successful. But that commitment is a whole nother level that 
we're really not going to get into too much tonight. That's a whole nother part of your mental game that has to exist in order for you to be successful um, with that method. But having said that, I do believe people can break things up into very small sets like they were able to do in the chipper in 2014, I think it was. People got away with like sets of five on toes to bars, singles on clean, sets of five and ten on wall balls, just pacing. Yeah, just pacing out the entire thing. This is to me, this is very similar. The deadlift is a different component in itself once you know i mean that's the most taxing movement there is kind of in our sport so once the deadlift burns out you really can be in trouble but with 225 i don't worry about that so much for the high level competitors competitors that's you know the done workouts with it's clips still, of 75 of those yeah and, and you're still some may still fade a little bit i don't worry about it as much as if it was 275 350 we'd be talking about a whole different thing um i think that those with the right mental attitude, the right approach, can break this up very into very small sets, especially if those tough athletes may not be the best at the handstand push-up. I can think of two in particular that could that I coach that I would say, you know, you guys' engine's so good, you can kind of coast through this, break this up, and when you get there, focus all your energy on getting through these really smart, really smooth, and that's going to be the difference maker for them getting to the next level. So I see that as a potential way to approach this if uh, – you know, if you're really confident to committing to, to very short uh, rest between the sets. Yeah, I think you, if you break this up, you have to keep those rest periods short. I think, you know, a lot like the cleans in that same chipper in 2014 where you clean the bar, drop it, pick it right back right. up. Right. You know, it's probably not the same, same exact tempo, but very similar. You're not going to walk back from the bar, chalk your hands up, look, stare at the bar, walk back up, do it, deadlift it. You're going to drop it, stand over it. And then pick it back up. I mean, five, five deadlifts, dropping it, and then resetting and pulling five deadlifts again, dropping it. You're still going to burn out doing that through 11 sets, just like you're going to burn out a little bit trying to do five sets of 11 or whatever your goal is getting into it. It's about keeping that heart rate down and do those big sets in that long amount of time under tension with the bar. Even at 225, spike your heart rate up from the start so much that it makes everything else a little more difficult. I don't know. Do you do you think there's someone that opens up with a you know like a set of like 20 or 25 deadlifts? That's someone? Yeah, like Tons of people, some right? Of your, some of your athletes, just put it out there. Like, Would it be smart for some athletes to start with a big set and then go to small sets? Or do you say small sets from the start? I, I don't necessarily say small sets from the start. I don't think there's any need to crush a big set from the start. I don't think okay. it proves anything. I don't think it sets you apart enough to make it worthwhile to start that way. I think okay. that's a poor idea to jack your heart rate up and mess with your grip and mess with your posterior chain in the first set of a workout. I think that's really stupid, basically. Okay. And even at 225, I mean, you know who would argue with me about that it's not a big deal, right? Not you and you know who else, yeah. right? So he's going to say, oh, it's easy. But yeah, it is easy. But is it still easy when you're Screw feeling your that the rest of the, the workout in? You know what I mean? So anyway, that was too long. <laughs> okay. Under wall balls? <laughs> Under wall balls. Take uh, it away, Drew. Um, <clears throat> back to the deadlift really quick. Um, All right. Resetting allows you to reset your hip angle, your low back, your scaps, it allows you get back, get, to get back in a good position. So let's say that set of 20 that you wanted to do took one second faster than you dropping right. and picking it back up and having that reset, which allows you to go from, you know, a lot of people that deal with low back issues, deal with low back issues and pulling and squatting. Yep. So if we go from the deadlift to the wall ball, you have to be conscious of that. In terms of the wall ball, the wall ball is such a mental movement physically not that hard for most high-level athletes, right. but it's very mental. It's slow. You start to get a little bit of a burn going. People don't want to do it. I say you drop the wall ball a couple of reps before you want to, 
and there's really just no rest. You reset, you yep. reset your squat, you reset the way you're holding the ball, you reset kind of the whole system, you take that deep breath in between, and you get back into it. And obviously in terms of, of technique, um, I mean, this is not the most technically advanced movement. I mean, we spend a pretty decent chunk of time on it sometimes at training camp. We do. Um, but, you know, bouncing out of the hole is, is huge. and Staying upright. And because you don't go back to the legs soon, you really got to get the legs into it. You know, heaving that ball up there and really fully extending your arms might not be your best plan. When you're talking about um, dropping a couple reps shy of your, of your set when you, start to, when you would start to feel it, what is that set for a lot of athletes? Like, is it 10? Is it 25? Like, I know it varies athlete to athlete, but there's got to be like a – there must be some sort of general guideline you're thinking about. Yeah, I'm thinking like if you're normally in a workout going to walk over and do 30, you drop it at 25. Or okay. if you're a 25 guy, you drop it at 20. I don't really think there's any reason to go down into like 10s on the wall balls at the beginning. That first set usually feels pretty good. Yep. Um, but it's going to depend on the athlete, obviously. Yeah, I was thinking somewhere between 20 and 25 to open up and then 10s after that. I, again, if you do your two set of 25, you drop the ball, you quick shake, you do 10 wall balls, That you know, that's what? 15 seconds or so each set of 10 yep. not even so i think you know, again the workout was one of the loss in the handstand push-ups so staying quick on that and getting yourself plenty of time to get to the wall is gonna be important yep i mean when i when i write wall balls into workouts i put them in my category of monostructural work so i know it's technically a weightlifting movement but because we've gotten so good at a 20 pound ball to a 10 pound target or a 14 pound ball to a nine foot target it it almost becomes automatic um but on a rower, which is the next movement, we don't have that luxury of stopping for any reason ever, right? You have to go, you pick a pace, maybe you're willing to suffer a little more in a rower. When wall balls, if you do decide to break it up, um, like these guys said, you, you just you don't need that much rest to continue to move that range of motion. It never gets heavy, it never gets difficult for the higher level athletes, um, but if you feel that heart rate start to get out of control, if you feel like maybe it's your anxiety that's catching up with you, you're, you're anxious in the middle of the workout and you just kind of feel out of control, this is the perfect point before the row to take an extra break, knowing that you're going to have to sit on that rower for two to three and a half minutes, depending on who you are, or more than two minutes, two and a half to three and a half minutes. Yeah, I think about the 2014 chipper was like 60 calories that turned it up for most athletes between 220 and like 245 for the guys, and the girls were, you know, closer to like three. I was closer to like four, so what do you... I'm not saying anything. Come on. I won't say anything. Thanks a lot. <laughs> four was a good pace. Can be fresh with those. Can be fresh. <laughs> All right, so the row, I mean... In my opinion, you don't have to crush it. This is like what we talk about with camp. Like we talk about technique a lot and technique's important, and I'm sure you guys will cover that in a second. As far as pacing goes, um, it's not that beneficial to beat somebody off the rower by 10 or 15 seconds just to get off the rower and stand there and catch your just breath like and be beat, exactly and be beat up for the wall. So while yes, you have to push a competitive pace because this is a competition and you're, you, you know, a few seconds will make a difference in this workout on the leaderboard. At the same time, you don't want to burn out and really get jacked up before you have to go to 55 handstand pushups on the wall. So you have to ride that line of, of comfort and discomfort, but never of redlining. In my opinion. Yeah, I think that pace works out, you know, somewhere around like 12, 1300 calories, uh, 100 calories per hour for the guys and probably closer to like you saw the girls going earlier, eight, nine, maybe yep. a thousand early on and kind of drifting off towards the end. I think it's a good pace. You guys you have to do handstand pushups after. So if you kill yourself on the rower, it's not worth it. There's definitely something to the uh, you lose your scaps. You can't keep them pulled down in the deadlifts. Then you throw a wall ball. 
then you lose your scaps again on the rower yep. and then you get to go do 55 handstand pushups. For sure. Um, so in terms of, of the rower, you know, we kind of take a deadlift and we spin it 90 degrees and, and you're doing your deadlift again. So, um, you know, staying in those positions where you have leverage, you know, over the handle and over your hip, you're not flying open. Um, you know, you're basically keeping your torso fairly vertical and your heels down. Um, and then just, you can't over pull, you can't let your arms become a huge part of it because, right. you know, people over pull after they have to do deadlifts and then it ruins their handstand pushups. So, you know, that we talked so much about the pacing to get to the handstand pushups doesn't change here. And pacing can be, you know, about your heart rate, but it can also be about, you know, muscular fatigue. So you have to be able to keep those scaps pulled down, you know, arms long, use the legs, drive over and over, you know, not a high stri- stroke rate and then crush handstand pushups. Right. I think that brings us to the only thing that truly matters in the end, right? Seriously, the handstand pushups. Definitely. So, um, this, this, I mean, to me, this varies so much athlete to athlete based on your confidence, skills, and abilities on the wall, your, mo- your mobility, like, you know, are you going to burn out because you have to push at such a strange angle or can you get really close to the wall and be vertical straight up and down? Like there's just so many factors that play into this. It's why we spend so much time on this movement at camps and with our athletes and things like that. What do you think is going to be the biggest um, difference maker in, in the handstand pushup for people? I think what you just said about, you know, maintaining the scaps and the, the you know, the midline throughout the, all the movements and you have to do handstand pushups at the end. It's going to be the athlete who was smart early on, was able to keep their midline tight can carry over and out of the handstand push-ups because we saw so many good athletes last year who didn't do very well in the handstand push-up because right. they couldn't hold their midline anymore. You know, they come into, you know, the blog, they post crazy scores on things like Diane and other workouts with handstand push-ups. But when you're tested on whether or not you're meeting the standard of that full range of motion handstand push-up, it's a different animal. So yep. athletes that can hold their midline the tightest are going to be the ones that are the most successful here. Whether or not they're doing big sets or small sets, it's really about can you maintain your midline. If you're hypermobile get as close to the fucking wall as you possibly can get as close to the wall as you can. If you aren't close to the wall and your midline is gone, which we just saw upstairs, um, the hip bridge doesn't happen. So there's this angle. I don't know if I'm still in the shot, Ted. I might be. There's this angle and we see how tall I am now and we see how tall I am now. So if you aren't close to the wall, if you don't have the mobility to do that and you don't squeeze your glutes and bridge your hips open, you are now much shorter than you were when you were measuring yourself for the wall. I think those two things, I mean, we talk a lot about kicking vertical and having the heels or whatever, yep. but screw all that if you can't be tall enough, right? Right. Like, so I hope you're already good at handstand pushups. Um, YouTube.com slash Misfit Athletics. We actually did this video on the standard last year. Yep. We'll repost it for you guys tomorrow so you'll be able to see it. Uh, we'll post it right to Facebook, but um, bridge your hips and hope you're mobile. I mean, I just hope people were actually taking the standard seriously in the last year because I don't know how many times I wrote next to handstand push-up pieces, use the open standard. And then we go, we kind of see videos online occasionally or more than occasionally of people nowhere near meeting that standard but calling their workout, you know, done correctly, RX, RX, whatever it is. And it's just you're either straight up and down or you're not. If you're not straight up and down, there's no way you can meet the standard. Like Drew said, of you standing straight up and down when they take a measurement, it just will not happen. 
The other thing, if you haven't heard us say it before, which you said a hundred times is learn how to pull your toes to your shins. So a lot of, when we learn the handstand, it is correct to point the toes and be as straight as possible in a perfect handstand. Well, this standard does not reward that. The standard rewards you to pull the toe down to the shin. You'll pick your heel up about this high. And that's almost the difference of the, the standard. That's the three inches you're looking for. Just learning to pull that toe to the shin as you extend up will add an extra couple inches to your overall. Yeah, I mean, along with like things like squeeze your glutes, squeeze your quads, like things like that are going to help. But yep. yeah, that that heel thing is a huge difference maker. I mean, if you just have the athlete pull your you know pull your toe to the to your shin and then making sure that you reach the apex of your handstand push at you know when you're stalling the wall because we saw a lot of that last year where an athlete would get to the apex of their handstand push up already be falling down for right. the next rep and before their heels meet the wall and their heels are already sliding below the line so. Make sure you get the top of your handstand push-up you know, on the wall as opposed to as you're falling down for your next rep. Just reminded me of one more thing, too. Um, the time under tension. Uh, on the wall, I think we'd all agree that it's better to go fast, like repetition-wise, as opposed to trying to hit that perfect rep over and over again. If you don't have the standard down, you ought to practice the next day before you really take this on because um, if you just kind of kick up once and come back down, like we saw Sarah, Sarah do in the uh, – open announcement a few times, that's great for the one of the fittest women in the world. That's not great for you on your shoulders to be in that tripod position on your head or extended up pressing longer than you need to through the floor to try to meet that standard. You need to figure out how to do it soon so that you can rapid fire these handstand push-ups. Before you get too fatigued, you need to kick down and take that rest before you go back up. It is super easy to burn yourself out doing 55 handstand push-ups, especially if you're doing them wrong and if you're taking too much time for each rep. It has to be rapid fire reps to make this work. Totally agree. I mean, that's the strategy I employed last year when I did the the power clean handstand push up. I didn't do big sets. I don't think I did anything sets bigger than like seven reps. Did it small sets, able to get a good score because I didn't when I came down. It was because I was going slow. I'm not going to spend any time fighting for that extra rep. It makes sense to come down, shake it out, and go right back up to that next rep. Right. Anything to add? Yes. Um, for the people that do struggle with the shoulder mobility, um, what we see is the athlete pressing here. So they get back behind and they stay almost in line with the wall. And then that's where that overextension shortens the distance between your shoulder and your foot because you have that banana shape. So if you're pressing, make sure that if you're dealing with mobility issues that you continue to get your head through your arms. You don't need to poke it out through, touch your chin to your chest or anything like that. But make sure that that pressing range gets you back into a position where you can personally get into a straight line. Because if you start doing this, you're going to overextend. There's really no way not to do that. Absolutely. Well... I mean, that about covers the movements that we're going to see and deal with. Prediction time. Yes. 220 is a full round, correct? 220 is one round. Oh, man. I feel like we're going to see pretty close to 300. I feel like you're going to see an athlete get back to the wall balls and get a good chunk done. I, If I had to guess, let's call it 20 wall balls in the second round. 295? Yeah, so, 295. So if you finish the wall balls, you'd be at 330, correct? If you finish the wall balls, you're at 330 in the second round. Yes, Okay. Yes. So what'd you say? I said 295. What do you think? 305. Wow. 5,000. <laughs> I'll say 311. 311 is my guess. And I'm going to say it's a guy. I don't think the girls have a chance just simply because of the rower. Oh, well, yeah. I just don't think that they can. I think they lose so much time on that. It's just, it's not, the, it's not quite the same. I mean, I know it's. Their, their handstand push-up range is a little shorter if they're really fast and really good at them, but I still think it's a guy that powers through this 311. I'd have to agree with you there. You're just a fan. Of what? 
<laughs> so it's do or kind of do or die time right now, right? Like if you have a spot, you don't can still <laughs> fucking lose it. And if you don't have a spot, you can still get it. But time is, it's like one second away from being gone. Yeah. I mean, if you do Window have a closing. spot, if, if I did have a spot, I would look at this as the perfect workout for me. Well, not for me personally, but as a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, not me for a, <laughs> as a, for a good athlete, because you can play this pretty safe and get a really good score and you don't have to really push anything. And, and if you're proficient at the handstand push up, you're going to have a top 40 or better score in your region just because of where that kind of separation is in each region. You can safely get yourself to something. It may not be, you know, eighth place in your region, but you can take a, take very few points by playing the safe. Is that the right thing to do? I don't know, but I'd be happy as an athlete to see this over something that's a little more volatile. I think, especially more than a box one. jump, deadlift, increasing ladder from yeah, two, I mean, two years ago. That, that would been. definitely make me feel very uncomfortable. And like, or you know, there's no one rep max lift after this, which completely blows up the leaderboard and shakes it up. So I'd feel really good if I was already in position. If I needed to make a move. I'd be making my move this week. What do you think about multiple attempts on this workout? No big issue. Good question. I mean, I, I think this is a little bit more taxing no than the issue. I like, mean, the hamstring exterior chain it's going to be is, fried, right? I mean, it, it is. It's a lot of volume, but I feel like you know, while it's not we've been the same saying that we've the, been saying that for weeks, and we've been wrong, wrong every week. Just so you know. Well, about well, what? Are you doing? Well, the, let's throw it out there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. See if we can get it wrong again. Four for four. Fine. Um, I'm always wrong. I think we can do this more than once. I definitely think oh, an athlete can do this. Uh, more than way. once? You got a turd in your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually. Like like we've said for the la- last couple of years, some people don't have a choice. Like, even if you get a good score, but you're trying to make your move, you have to give it another shot. This is the end of your season, right? If you I don't, don't, make I don't disagree. It's just like yeah. we keep watching redos that are like, one rep different or this or that and it's just yeah. like oh well certain workouts though one rep is like yeah 12 points Very true. you know what i mean Very if, true. if you're if you're really fighting for that top 20 i mean four points could make a big difference in the end you just don't know so really i mean you just you can't afford to take the chance at this point in the season especially if you're looking to make that move and especially with how fast deadlifts are it's a yep. quick movement to get back into certain people have major mechanical advantages that you're not going to be able to outwork in a movement Joe in, a, in a workout like this yeah that's true joe just crushed it i'm not going to Say a score on the podcast. If you watched it. Periscope, you would have known. Oh, that's right. Follow us on Periscope Misf- at Misfit Athletics. Deep into the deadlifts around two. Pretty good. You. Crush the deadlifts around two. So. He's nodding his head. Joe nods. We ready to wrap this up? Ready to wrap it up. All right. Until next week. Thanks for watching. And, well, that's it. That's it. Peace. That's it. <laughs>